Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk Foot CFL. Oh, shit. Uh, welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 316. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and I can't say shit. I don't know whether I got my foot in my mouth or what's going on, but let's just carry on and uh, deal with things. Do I have a rant? I don't have a rant. There's all sorts of stuff. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff tonight, and most of the stuff is what I would rant about this uh, European draft, which was a bit of a joke. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes, which is a bit of a joke. Um, what else? Uh, the, the rule changes. Well, that's okay. I don't mind that. Uh, the Boston Globe reporter. That's a bit of a joke. We're going to talk about all of these things. So uh, most things are just hilarious. I just don't understand three down nation because like they're, they're writing articles that are just made to piss people off. They're creating news and that's not their job. You know, I Will Will's old enough to remember this, and I remember this vividly. We used to have a guy on CBS American Channel um, that used to sit there very quietly, read the news for sixty minutes, say that's all there was, that's what it was today, and whatever, and sign off. He didn't give his opinion. He didn't highlight anything in particular. He just told you what happened. God, I miss those days. I miss Walter Cronkite because that's what it is. Now we got 18 people talking about whether or not anything is a good thing or a bad thing or anything else. And Three Down Nation is the absolute worst. They might as well be called the National Enquirer because they just make shit up. And Justin Dunk wrote a, a, an article about this guy down in Boston. And we're going to get to the article and we're just not going to do anything. But he called him a respected reporter is he just making this up because nobody i i look down in boston and nobody respects this guy they hate him so uh i don't know i'm 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 at flabbergasted as to how and and the worst thing is is they put out the most amount of articles so you know we're always quoting this and quoting that and quoting this and we we can turn around and bitch that Canadian Football League is not getting enough attention in mainstream media, in our newspapers, in our uh, news programs, and everything else. TSN, uh, they're respectable. Um, Sportsnet, absolutely not. They're terrible at, at reporting the CFL. So, and then when an organization like Three Down Nation, who is just completely 100% CFL football, is reporting on the CFL, we we trash them because they're not reporting. They're making shit up. And they're trying to incite violence or anger and distraught in the CFL fans. And it's just like, seriously, why are you doing this? And it's not just Three Down Nation, because I'm not really going to pick on them that much. But even the CFL website did that. They put out a questionnaire on Facebook that said, how many wins are the Montreal Alouettes going to get this year? Well, 
We know the Montreal Alouettes are a tire fire. They were last year. They've gotten worse. The, the owners have walked away from the team. It, it's a total clusterfuck over in Montreal right now. And the CFL goes out and says, well, well how many wins are they going to get? Are you trying to drive the fans away? Everybody's going to say two and three and, you know, some idiot's going to say eight or nine. I mean, let's get real. It's not going to happen. They're, they're, they're a tire fire. So why would the CFL try to trash one of their own that's having a problem? So why don't we just question the, the Calgary Stampeders? Okay. This is a team that will, at the beginning of the season, says is going 18 and 0. And they had the potential to do that. They looked dominant at the beginning of last season. Okay. They really could have gone 18 and 0. I don't know what happened. A whole pile of injuries. Uh, every wide receiver twice over disappeared off the Calgary Stampeders. And, you know, it happens. Okay. They had some injury problems. They went, uh, what was it, 14 and four was their final record or 13 and, and five, something like that. Uh, beyond respectable, but it wasn't 18 and 0. So how many wins are the Calgary Stampeders going to win this year? They had a massive exodus. The amount of people that went to the NFL, the people that went on free agency, went to different teams, did everything else. Calgary got abused in free agency this year. The better question is, the potential 18 of those Calgary Stampeders last year, how many wins are they going to make this year? Nine, 10, 12? Or are they going to run the gamut in 16, 17? Are they going to rebuild next man up? Doesn't matter. John Huffnagel knows how to build a te- football team. Or are they actually going to take a step back from being the elite of the CFL? To me, that would have been a better question for the, the league, the CFL, to ask. But to ask the question about the Montreal Alouettes? What are you, what are you doing? You're just throwing gasoline on a fire? I, I don't understand. I don't understand the reasoning of that. They end up taking control of the football team from the, the Wetnall family, and they're throwing gasoline on the fire. It makes no sense to me at all why they would come up with that stupid question. I mean, hey, BC Lions almost missed the playoffs last year. They 9-9 nine and nine with Edmonton Eskimos, who did miss the playoffs at 9-9. Nine and nine. BC got it because they won the season series, okay? They got in by the skin of their teeth. But then they take Mike Riley and a whole pile, a plethora of other people in free agency. Did they build up their defense enough? We don't know. How many wins are the BC Lions going to get this year? That would have been a respectable question. And it would have been a good argument because there's people out there who says, okay, BC doesn't have a defense. They're going to be lucky if they get six or seven wins. And other people say, oh, we got Mike Riley. We're going to get 15 wins. Um, so, you know, there's some, something there. But I don't know anybody who's off the, and it says that Montreal Alouettes are going to have a winning season this year. We're lucky if there's going to be a Montreal Alouettes for this season. Can you imagine the CFL right now scrambling to redo the schedule because there's no Montreal Alouettes for the third time? We lost the Alouettes. We lost the Concord. Wow. Come on. Let's not do this. Let's not even think about that. We'll talk about that one later. Uh, but that's my rant today. I mean, why do organizations that report the news on the CFL have to inflame the fan base. I know that's how you get attention. I do it all the time. I do it specifically on the Let's Talk CFL uh, Facebook group. But I'm not a media personality. I'm an asshole. So I, 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 don't, know, I, I don't understand how the CFL.ca can, can 
do that kind of stuff. And I don't understand why three down nation does this kind of stuff. You know, if you want to be a mainstream news media on the CFL and you want to get paid, if you want people to pay for a subscription to your organization, dude, man, step up your game because you're not doing it. Okay. I'm opening up the mics right now. First one up is Chris. Welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Good, good. Um, yeah, I can't complain. Everything's going well on my end. So, yeah. Uh, sorry about uh, before this, before the show started. Uh, Will and I were talking Alberta politics, and we didn't really get to talk to each other, which we normally do. We got 15 minutes before the show, and we usually talk banter back and forth and find out how everything's going. We didn't get that opportunity because Will and I were going at it pretty hard on politics. Uh, and we didn't even get to Julian Assange being uh, arrested in the UK, which I'm totally bummed about. But let's not do that. How you doing? Everything's good. We're watching. Ready for football? Yeah. Training. Yeah, no, a I'm a month uh, away. A month away. I know. Getting excited. Getting excited. Kind of waiting for the draft and go from there. But yeah, no, it's good. It's all going good. Yeah, it's time for the draft. That would be really exciting right yeah. now. It, it's got to be soon, isn't it? Beginning of May? Three weeks uh, yeah, away? May 2nd. May 2nd. May 2nd. And what are we at? We're at the 11th or 12th right now? Wow. Uh, yeah, the 11th, isn't it? We're the 11th and the 2nd. So we're exactly three weeks away from the draft today. Wow. Yep. Fuck, it's exciting. <laughs> Football, yeah. right around the corner. Well, expect- Will's. Yeah, Will's that's right, especially how quick it, it starts now, right? Like, I mean, it used to be the draft and then still a couple a month and a bit. Now it's going to be the draft and we're going to start. Yeah, oh, and we're in training camp right now. Pack your bags and get going. Yeah. Um, yep. You're coaching football this year, the boys. Uh, I Yes, I am. I'm, I'm just going to be coaching Bantam football this year, just the uh, junior high kids. Okay. So – Little less responsibility. I'm not the head coach. I'm just a line coach. So getting back okay. into it slowly and just having some fun for myself. Good, 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 good. Are you going to be able to make the Wednesday night shows? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I should be able to. I, it's always going to be tough for me, but once it goes back to Wednesday, I'll, I'll make an effort. I'll just I, Sometimes I'll be really close because I'm, I'm busy till usually about 8, 8.30, and then i got to get home. So, Okay. You, you know you can jump into the show late. Yeah, and that's and that's what I'll I'll do. Yeah, if it's, I have. It's to. just we we Wait. have to go back to Wednesday night shows because there's Thursday night football. That's right. No, for sure, for sure. But yeah, no, I my commit that commitment doesn't go away. But I'll just I'll ma- I'll manage it. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, other mics are open. Charles, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. What are you talking about? We had a draft today. We had a draft today. European draft. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Uh, that was no, it wasn't at all. But uh, I just thought I'd bring it up. <laughs> yeah, come on, it was a little I'm exciting. I complain wasn't? about a lot of things today. I think because there's a lot of crap to complain about. There is. Yep. There is. There's a lot of shit to complain about, and that's what I said. There's a lot of jokes that we've got on this uh, itinerary tonight. No fault oh, of yours. Yeah. I mean, this is just what's happening. No, 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 like just that. so much shit is just garbage. Okay. It is. You're right. William, you ready to continue the political yeah. debate, or are we going to talk football? Well, no, we'll talk football now. And okay. it's starting It's starting to feel like a gray cup month because it's snowing in Calgary right now, okay? 
Awesome. Which is just ridiculous. Okay. I couldn't even see the car in front of me on the way home from work today. So, um, but hopefully it won't stay. I'm sure it won't stay, but it's crazy. But I, I, I firmly believe, just so you know, Christopher, that the Stampeders are going to go 20 and 0 this year. So, um, yeah. Just off the but you say that every year. And Montreal could probably go. Montreal could go 20 and 0 too. You never know. In the C, that's yeah, we why, do. Why, that's why. That's why it's the CFL. A shitty team last year can be a great team this year. All right? We've seen it happen many, many times. Within reason. Well, yeah, but when you least expect it, it happens. So that's why I like the CFL. You know, you know, you know right now that in the NFL, you know Cleveland's not going to win anything. You know, a bunch of teams aren't going to win shit. But in the CFL, you, you can't Chris really Jones? say that. No, you not at all. Chris Jones not over there? All. Chris who? Chris yeah. who? Isn't he an NFL coach? I don't talk about NFL coaches. Well, you um, just talk about the Cleveland Browns. Well, yeah, but because that's our buddy's favorite team, and I always want to get that in there. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so, and as far as the, the news, they do it for the attention. That's it. That's it. I I put a little rent on a on the Bomber website today, and nobody replied. I, I guess I didn't hit the right button or something. It was yeah, just my I, I, favorite. It was just my favorite saying of the Bombers aren't going to win anything with Matt Nichols as the quarterback. So, <laughs> well, that's just I didn't get any responses. I know, but it's the truth. I, was this on armchair? Uh, yeah, I think so. Blue Bomber. I think it was. I can't even remember. I just saw something go by about the Bombers, so I had to put my two cents, in and then I moved on. So I haven't even looked to see if I got any responses. So. I had a busy wow. day. I haven't even looked. Yeah, and I have no responses. So, anyways, you probably didn't post it properly then. Well, it's possible. Oh well. What are you gonna do? Every once in a while, I get on one of the news channels, and I I, I piss a whole pile of people off. Yeah, well, Not for some you. reason you're, you're you're better at it than I am. I try hard, but it doesn't usually work out. So, yeah, well, I, I I'm pissing off people right now with that pipeline thing. So I'm just doing I'm I'm having fun. Oh yes, you are. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk some football now. Okay, you guys up for that? Sure. Absolutely. The CFL has once again taken over control of the Montreal Alouettes. How long do we think they will be willing to run the team? This goes back to a rant that I did when the concept of a 10th team in Halifax became a reality. When people were actually seriously moving forward with it, okay? We've been talking about it for a decade or more, probably three decades. Um, back into the 80s, I think we had a schooner thing going on. So, But we've been talking about it nonstop, and everybody thinks, oh, it's a wonderful game idea. It's all based on emotion. But when it really started to get serious, when rubber really hit the pavement and people were putting money on the line 
and, and, and going forward, I said, what a ridiculous idea this was. We don't have nine healthy teams. Why are you bringing a 10th in? We need to make strong, powerful teams. We've got three franchises right now that, A, are in turmoil or have the potential to be in turmoil. And we're talking about Montreal, Toronto, and BC. Okay? Now, BC is not in turmoil right now, but they have the potential to be there very quickly. So these teams need to be – they need to – you've got to get your shit together before you start bringing other people in. And, and I just – I don't understand this whole concept of why we're working on Halifax when Montreal wetnalls toss the keys on the table. I can't figure it out. I honestly can't figure out why they do that. But they did, and that just shows what an idiot, moronic idiot, Randy Ambrose is. Again, still, moving on. William, come back and talk to me. Montreal Alouettes. They are now well, owned by the CFL. Did, yes, is this yes. a surprise? Um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised because they thought the Wet Bells would hold on to them for a while. But I guess Junior doesn't isn't really interested, or because these guys have lots of money, so I don't think that really is a problem. But you got to have passion to run it. And, and I don't know we're going to talk about this at the end of the show, but there's that guy that got who's a prospective buyer. I mean, maybe they should cater to that guy if he wants to buy the franchise because he's uh, he's uh, he's an avid fan, and I hope he's got some money and take it from there. So Well, well I mean, actually, I we're talking about I, Clifford Stark, Stark, and that's the number two. Yeah. Uh, second yeah, number two on here. We're gonna go two. right into we it. We might as well, we might as well do this all together because it's uh, part and parcel of the same so. thing. So, yeah. I mean, if if he's got money and if he wants to buy the franchise, I think we should cater to him to give him the franchise and see what he does with it. Because just from the article that I read, it sounds like he's got a passion for the Montreal Alouettes. He does. Everybody's got to have a pa- Everybody's got to have a passion in life, and if that's his passion, hey. Get at her, okay? And uh, I, I just, I mean, I've always thought Montreal was a good football town. And uh, it's too bad the way it is right now. It's really too bad. So, I mean, but but you are right. We should fix the ones that are broken before we add new ones. Yeah, I, so, I don't, I don't uh, understand. You know, I really I don't, don't know understand you, that. I don't know how you do that, you know. And, I mean, you said Montreal, Toronto, and BC were in trouble. How have the season ticket sales gone for BC since they signed the world in free agency? Uh, up 25%. I was going to oh, say, I, right? I've heard they're, they're up considerably, but uh, oh, I didn't cool. hear a number, 25 cents. Yeah, but they are up. And that's cool. And you know what? It seems if you bring players in, people come to watch. So, yep. You know, well, I, I mean, mean, seriously, look at the Toronto Argonauts and who do they have for their pivot out there right now? James Franklin and McLeod Bethel Thompson. Ricky Ray yep. is still an unknown. How do you run yep. an ad campaign with this team? How? Well, you, you who's, the, who's the face of the franchise? They don't have one. 
Okay. Well, Who's the face of the franchise was, in Montreal? Pipkin? Yeah, no. John Manziel. Oh, sorry, he doesn't play there anymore. Um, um, you know, and I and I can see why when when Toronto was was courting Bo Levi Mitchell, they say he was going to be the face of the franchise because he was going to be the face of the be. franchise. And and they need somebody like that, and they haven't done it. So once again, I don't know if they're that interested either. You have to do something to get the population excited about your football team. Yes. But that's hard. Even in Toronto, it they win so. a great cup, and their ticket se- their season ticket sales go down the next year after winning a great yeah. cup. Yeah. Which is really weird. And they did the same thing back in 2012, I think. I think it was 2012. They won the Grey Cup at home, and the next year their the team sputtered in, in season ticket sales. It just boggles the mind how that's possible. Charles, go ahead. You're in the conversation. Speak oh, up. boy. What do you think of Clifford um, Stark? Is is this Tony Stark's brother? I was. That's what I was wondering too. I mean, they got Iron Man on their side, and maybe they can make a go of it. I made the comment today that no matter who the new owner is, they've got to get a new stadium in Montreal. That's got to be whoever buys the team. That should be priority one. Um, Molson Stadium there at McGill has served its purpose. But the thing was built in 1915. I think they're due for an upgrade. They got to get a nice stadium because you know that place, that stadium when it first came in, and I remember when it first came in. Uh, it was actually a, a playoff game against the Lions, where they actually went back there, and there was a novelty for a while. And in the first years of playing in that stadium, they were a powerhouse and they were winning Grey Cup, so they were drawing well there. But with a team that's rebuilding, a team that's struggling, that's not uh, any sort of attractive stadium to go to, to sit in a a stadium that's 104 years old and watch a team uh, get their lunch handed to them. I remember last year they were advertising that you could come for just part of the game and pay a reduced rate. Well, by most games in the last year, they were out of it by halftime. So I don't think they were going to be using all those many tickets. Um, I don't know. They've got to get this guy. Hopefully this guy is legit because we saw this group before with LaPointe uh, expressing interest, and they've sort of gone the way of the dinosaurs. So I'm hoping this guy is legit and has the deep pockets to actually make it successful. Whoever's going to buy the team, if you're going to want to make it successful, you're going to have to come in there and spend some money because you can't just come in and half-ass it. You're going to get uh, – it's going to go nowhere if that's the case. So I'm hoping this guy has the money and that uh, he can actually get things going there because, um, you know, you don't want teams being owned by by the league. That's not going to – that's not any long-term solution. No, it's not. And neither was Molson Stadium, by the way. It was not supposed to be a long-term no. solution. It was supposed to be very temporary, and that just didn't happen. Uh, so anyhow, this uh, new guy here, uh, Tony Stark, um, 
Cliff, Clifford Stark, sorry. Uh, childhood friends with Brad Smith, who is now a, a former CFL receiver, and he is working as a consultant with the ownership group. And Brad Smith is the son of former CFL commissioner Larry Smith. So these people have deep roots in the CFL. I, it's just not somebody who wants to play uh, millionaire or billionaire sports team owner. These are fans. These are people who have grown up watching, pay, playing, and participating in the CFL. So I think this is really positive news, and I look forward to watching it go further. But right now they're at the stage where they've shown interest. They've done their uh, – NCRs, non-competition, whatever they are. Um, and now they get to look at the financials. I'm sorry. If that doesn't scare the shit out of them, I don't know what will. Yeah. So let's see what happens long-term and if these guys really want to sit at the table because they are going to lose. They shouldn't have to pay for this team. They should pay a dollar for this team. They should be you know, saying, okay, yeah, thank you very much. You've taken over the team. You're Off you go. But to put any yeah. capital up front right now to take these this tire fire over is, is disgusting. Well, okay. that's the thing. Once you once you take over, if you take that go out and buy that that team, you're going to lose money, and you're going to lose money for several years, quite likely from day one. Yeah, you're already losing money, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. No, no, not at all. And I mean, it's no different when I bought. My business, uh, you know, it, it took two years to turn the thing around, right? I lost money in the first year and a half. Then we got into break-even mode, like and I started to make money, right? I mean, yeah, people don't sell businesses because, well, that's not true because I sold a wonderful business. But, you know, most things, you don't buy a business thinking you're going to do worse than the previous owner. Of course not. So this guy's got to be thinking that he can do a better job than Wentonall's. And quite honestly, who couldn't? Chris, jump in on this one. Ownership campaign. Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Clifford Stark. Tony Stark's little brother. Not to be confused with well, Ariel Stark or Sansa Stark. Like you guys said, though, I, I mean, it's it just it's all that's important is that somebody takes over that is well aware. Sorry. No problem. We had the uh, That's well coming. aware of the finance. Yeah. Um, that's well aware yeah. of the financial situation and, and that they are coming with their eyes wide open to it and uh, are willing to take it over and have some passion for the CFL. And that it seems to check all the boxes to me. So, you know, like, I mean, of course the league's going to take over the team when the owner backs out. And, of course, their first mandate is to friggin' smooth somebody to buy it because that's not their job to run a team. So, and uh, I'm, I'm just happy there was there's people interested in it right away, right? Like, that's that's a good thing. That's, that's a positive sign because how long did the uh, um, – jeez. Drawing a blank on Toronto. the BC owner owned own Toronto, right? Like he didn't want David Rayleigh, but no, Rayleigh, but nobody wanted to buy it, right? So at least it's positive. Somebody is actively immediately wanting to buy the franchise. But I agree, they shouldn't charge him much for it. I mean, really, if if he's going in with that kind of loss potential, then it should be a take it over and run it thing. But we'll see. 
Okay. Now, and I agree 100% with that, but let's play devil's advocate for a second. We're charging $10 million to the Halifax team for a franchise fee. Is the franchise in Montreal worth $10 million? Because if they're going to start a brand new team, they would have to pay that. Yeah. That's a tough I think one, that they actually, would be worth know, more because if they, they're on their, the, the team's running. It's going to play football this year. So it should be worth more than $10 million. Yeah, and, and you yeah. wouldn't normally only pay $10 million for a team if you were buying it because you'd, you'd pay the franchise fee back to the owner, but you'd also have to buy all the equipment and, and everything else. So usually exactly. you wouldn't just be able to buy an, an existing team for $10 million. So I guess if they charge them $10 million as the franchise fee and it goes to the league so that everybody can share in it or that it's league money because that's what everybody else has into it, then I could see that, I guess. And you're never going to be buying – you're not buying a professional team anywhere else for $10 million. You know, like so, I could see that, and that shows hey. commitment to be in it too, right? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, it does. Um, the TSN report that says CFL buys um, the Montreal Alouettes is no longer a, a viable link in the agenda. Well, not picking on you. I just wanted to go there and, and, and see it because the key thing in here is it oh. says the CFL bought the team from Wentnalls. This wasn't a matter of sure. throwing the keys oh. on the table. They actually wanted some capital back for the team. They wanted their franchise fee. They wanted something back. And and why wouldn't yeah. they? If, if the league is getting $10 million for the franchise in, in Halifax, they should get the same thing from Wentnalls should get, at least get that much for their team. It was working but, yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's not, Charles. I'm just saying that, you know, I want to know how much they paid the Wentnalls for that team. Where's well, and, and then it's a, full disclosure. Then it's an easy decision. Yeah, well, and then it's an easy decision on what they should be charging the new owners. It's whatever they paid for it. Like they, the, the league yeah. shouldn't be looking to make a profit. How about that? No. So whether that's ten million or twenty million, it is whatever they paid went knows for the the franchise is exactly what this new owner should have to pay, not more or less. And then that gives the league back its money, and they're starting from scratch. So, yeah, I mean, if they paid for it for sure, then they have to pay whatever the league paid for it. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, it shouldn't be a profit zone for the league in any way, shape, no. or form. They should be able to recover their costs. But in the same token, maybe they won't be able to recover their costs. I, I don't. I don't think you'd be going in trying to buy a professional team thinking you were going to get away with paying nothing or or, or less than the ten million franchise fee. I mean, you got to be realistic about it. You're still owning a. I mean, yes, it's a losing team, but you, like you said, they're they're not going to go in thinking they're going to keep losing. They're going to turn it around and make money with it. So I, I don't. I don't think that you'd be scared away being told you have to pay $10 million to buy a professional team. I, I think that would be pretty much in your mind already at that point. Well, David Braley picked the keys up off the table for the BC Lions. I don't think he paid a dollar for them. I don't again, know. If that person, did, if that person were... didn't get any money back, then why would he? I mean, the keys were tossed on the table by, by – Murray Pezum, by Bill Comrie, by Nelson Scalbania. I mean, these are people who picked up the keys and tried to make a go of it and just ran away. 
and the league kept getting the team back in between. Finally, David Braley picked it up and said, that's not happening this time. And he's had the team since 1980, 81, 82, something like that. 97. 97. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, since 97. So, I mean, that's 22 years. Knowing Scalbini, he probably tried to sell the keys online first to make some money. Because he doesn't have any, so, but, anyways. I think Comrie was after Scalbania, was he? No, Comrie was before. Scalbania okay. bought it from Comrie. So, don't know if yeah, he actually it... paid any money, but. Mm-hmm. Go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I wish Clifford Stark all the best in uh, his venture into the CFL ownership ranks. Uh, I hope he comes to the table and plays football with us because it would be a shame to lose the Montreal Alouettes again. Especially since they got new uniforms. Yeah. That's That's they may never wear. Yeah, they may never wear it. Okay. Anybody else want to add anything to the Montreal Alouettes cluster? No. Okay. CFL says they will not meet with the players until April 29th. Why are they wasting so much time? Well, they had important things to do. They had this European draft. Have to deal with the Montreal Alouettes. How can they deal with something important that non important like the collective bargaining agreement? Uh, I think that the players are playing games. And the league called him on it. And that's kind of the way that I heard things were playing out. And uh, unfortunately, Twitter doesn't always say the right things. And Odell Willis barked at the league about it, saying something about withholding our bonuses. And now you're not even negotiating in good faith. Well, are the players negotiating in good faith? Um, I'm, you know, I'm not taking any sides on this one, but uh, usually it's, uh, it's not all one-sided. Not always one pe- one side that just set is being playing hardball. And quite frankly, right now the the league doesn't have any leverage. I mean, sorry, the players don't have any leverage. They lost most of their leverage when the AAF folded. Yeah, the XFL may become a reality, but we don't know that yet. So at this point in time, what do the players have to? You know, okay, you don't get the CFL. Oh, I'm going to go over here. No, you're not. There's nothing there. Very scary. Chris, is the league stalling? Are the players being dicks? What's going on? Well, you know what? I don't know because it seems like you've got a bit more of a a knowledge about – like I haven't heard that the players were dicking around, so I I don't know – um, I haven't followed it very close. Um, the only thing I could see, I guess, would be that the longer they they wait, the more advantage the league has because the closer it's going to be to start and uh, the paychecks and what people want. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if uh, maybe they're waiting to get it closer to the training camp so that they can put pressure on the players. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a bunch of dicking around by both sides, and they are, like you said, that the league called them the players on BS. But we'll see. We'll see. But I, I, like I said, the only thing I can take from it is is that the closer it gets to, to the training camp start, 
historically we've always they've the deal's always been signed at that point because people are now seeing a paycheck that they're not getting so helps the league the closer it gets to that but i don't think they'd purposely wait for that i think that that whatever's going on we don't know and we will never probably know okay key dates on our calendar uh we've gone through all of those april 30th the cfl rosters need to be reduced to 75 may 2nd is the draft uh may 11th is the youth sports east west bowl may 15th is rookie camp may 19th training camp opens may 18th cba expires one day before training camp yeah. May 18th. So starting in that May. Is, so that's five weeks away. Exactly. Yeah. And if the league won't talk till April 29th, then it's that much closer, right? So I don't know. Are they doing that? I don't know. That That's two and a half weeks from now. Yeah. Wow. Two and a half weeks, and then they've got three weeks to, to get her done. I mean, it, this can be done yeah. in a matter of hours. I've seen negotiations dragged out for six months, and then the two sides get locked into a room, and within six or eight or ten hours, there's a bargaining agreement in place. They don't need six months to do this. They just need people willing to get it done. So we'll see what happens. William, what do you think on the negotiations? What have you heard? Well, if you remember, if you remember a month ago or two months ago, the players weren't ready to go, ready to start this 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 negotiation, That's and yeah. the CFO waited, and then they started, and now they've decided to wait for a while, and I'm sure it's just posturing on both sides. Who knows oh. what's going on Hell behind yeah. closed doors? And it's the way these things work. And I mean, you can talk, you can talk strike and labor stoppage and all that stuff would be the death of the CFL, to be honest with you. But that's not going to happen, anyways. I'm sure they'll get it done in no time. And 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 I'm sure the players will not get what they want. Okay, because yeah. the CFL has leverage. And I'm sorry, they're going to use it. They're going yeah. to use it. It's it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Well, I think you know, they're going to get they're going to get something out of this this CBA. Well, I think they will too. But I I still believe, and people might not agree with me, but I still think Ambrosi uh, does what the Board of Governors wants him to do, and uh, or wants them to. They tell him what to do, and and I'm sure they've given him you know, parameters and they'll go from there. So he's, he's just a little stooge for the board of governors. If he actually stood up and had independent thought, he'd be with Thorage right now. Right. Right. I believe so. So, so, and I mean, we know it's the old boys club that's going to run this anyway. So, and they'll get some things and they have to give up some things and we'll still have CFL football and everything will be good. Because these guys want to play football and they want to make money, whether it's whether it's 
as much money as they want to, which it never happens that way anyways, and that's real life. Sorry. So. Yeah. You, you can't play, pay a quarterback $300,000 more money without the salary cap going up. Right. It's not possible. And BC and Calgary right. both did it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Edmonton was not – well, they, they were still around the 500000 mark with Trevor Harris. Yeah, but, but they were – yeah, it still cost them, though. So well, it it costs a very similar to what Mike Riley was, but they didn't get the same quarterback. But I, one of the things I've noticed is that a lot of teams are not signing anybody else right now, and it's been quite a long time. And I think they're well, I waiting think for the collective bargaining. Well, I don't think that's it true. It is somewhat. Um, um, Edmund, or Winnipeg signed three guys today. No, sorry, okay. Cats. Ticats, Inc., Terrace, okay. Plummer, and three others. Okay, who are, what are they? Are they uh, are they blocking pads to hold guys to hold blocking pads? And are they going to be anything? So it's just there hasn't been lots of signings. I mean, I can't remember the last time Calgary signed anybody. And no, I, they, I mean, there's still a, a plethora of Tier 1 free agents out there. And I'm not I'm not necessarily talking about free agents either. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, new blood, but I mean, maybe they're all waiting for the, the, the draft to see where, where things stand. So who knows, but they'll get it done sooner than later. And I'm sure a lot of these guys are looking at some of the AFL players or AAF players, yeah. you know? So, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, and, and I think John Huffnagel is probably, thinking about cutting one of his coaches so he could hire John Manziel. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, it'll, it'll get done. It's that simple. It's just, like you said, these things, you can do these things in an afternoon. Okay. Yeah. And it's over. So, and I'm sure when it gets closer, they'll get more serious. So. Well, they have to get more serious because shit gets real, real fast. Yep. 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 Charles. Ugh. I just wish labor negotiations could just uh, go smoothly, people could talk, and they could get a deal done without playing a bunch of freaking games, without negotiating through the media, without negotiating through Twitter. Why does every labor negotiation in sports have to be exactly the same? It's stupid. Oh, it, it runs the same pattern. They, they have a couple of early meetings. Oh, yeah, it's going pretty good, going pretty good. Ultimately, a meeting gets canceled. People take to Twitter. People take to the media. And then it just gets into a, 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 um, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A, um, snowball. A non, not a, a snowball, yeah. It just basically snowballs into a bunch of bad feelings, and it becomes a, a, a cluster you-know-what at the end. Uh, we don't need that. Can't you just get a deal done, figure something out, meet in the middle? I don't know. It just It's annoying because it, it, we've seen it so many times in so many different sports uh, or in leagues, and it never changes. Um, ultimately, once the AAF went under... That was a huge bargaining chip for the CFL that dis- CFLPA that simply disappeared in the blink of an eye. 
Uh, it's going to hurt them. And, well, they're going to have to uh, live with it. And they're not going to get what they want. They simply aren't. We know that. So go out there, cut the best deal you can, and enough with this crap. And you know what? The league, I'm sorry, stop playing games too. You should be meeting next week. You should have been meeting right after the season ended last year and not waited till what, three weeks ago to have your first meeting? Stupid. And it's not going to get any better unless these sides are talking. You're not going to get a deal done. Get in the... Um, um, get in the. I mean, both sides have done stupid things. Um, the owners should never have been, uh, have never have withheld bonuses that start that if, if they were due before the CBA expired. What they're doing should be illegal because I'm sorry. It's uh, if they were if they're due after it expires, fine. If they're due before, they have no good reason to hold it back. I'm sorry, they don't. Uh, all that did was get the whole labor thing off onto a, a sour note. They had a couple of meetings. Oh, yeah, the meetings were good, the meetings of that. And now we're getting into this pattern of people barking back and forth. Let's hope that these guys come to their senses and get this thing done. We don't need to be having this going to the middle of May, and we don't have to be in the threat of missing games. Let's get this going and stop with this crap. Okay. It's basically we're just telling them, kicking them in the ass and saying, get her done. And it's time to get her right. done. Yes. Uh, I don't understand why it, why it's so hard. It doesn't make any sense to me. Just get this thing over with. It's stupid otherwise. I don't know why this is such a big deal. Okay. So we're going to move on. And we're going to move on to uh, a certain category. I think it's called Putzes R Us or something like that. I, I don't know what it is. Um, oh, this guy. Boston Globe reporter, a guy by the name of Ben Volen. Okay, here's his direct quote. Okay, the Canadian Football League works because it is distinctly Canadian and operates on a much smaller scale than most pro sports leagues. And I've been to a CFL game. There's no downfield passing, it's boring. What? Ask Warren Moon, Doug Flutie, or Jeff Garcia, Joe Theismann, whether the CFL is boring or not, and whether or not there's no downfield passing. Seriously, come on. Deep sigh. I don't understand where this guy's coming from. So anyhow, things went absolutely ballistic on this guy, and he just, what he did? I believe the term was he doubled down on his trolling. Okay. Unbelievable. There's no downfield passing. And then he kind of apologized and said, I'm sorry that people were offended by what I said. Seriously? I don't understand what he's he talking He said about. that very sarcastically as I took it too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm question. sorry I hurt your feelings. Yeah, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, Canada. We, You uh, didn't, you jackass. Seriously, I would love to see Tom Brady play a CFL game. I honestly don't think he has the arm strength to play our game. 
$43 million a year, but fails in the Canadian Football League. Gotta love it. Okay. I I, I don't want to talk about this guy. Charles, go ahead. Continue. Continue okay. on. Typically, I wouldn't give a rat's ass what anyone from the Boston Globe has to say about anything. This guy, you know what his sample size of CFL games uh, that he's basing his judgment on? One, One freaking game. Big freaking wow, you ignorant, uh, glory, glory-hugging glory uh, reporter. You're out there trying to make a name for yourself, and uh, well, you don't care how you do it other than even whether you piss people off or whatnot. Big deal. This is why you're working at the Boston Globe and not USA Today or the New York Times, because no one probably pays attention to anything you write to begin with. So you've got to try and be controversial. You've got to come out and say, ooh, look at me. I'm making people angry with my writing. Well, big deal, you dumb, you dumb stupid moron. Don't come out with your stupid uh, article based on one game. So what, if anybody watched the Super Bowl, and that was the first, last, look at last year's Super Bowl. If anybody watched that and that was the only game they watched, can we sit there and say, oh, well, the NFL sucks because there was uh, like one touchdown scored an entire game. So you, you I get yeah, so tired well, of these can. idiots. Well, we, we can, can because a lot of people say that anyways. But I'm sorry, I get so tired of these stupid reporters and down in the States that have no grasp whatsoever uh, uh, what they're talking about in terms of sports. This is why you're writing about sports and not playing it. So go back to your little Boston Globe. No one cares about your opinion. And we weren't upset with you uh, because you hurt our feelings. We were upset with you because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're just some guy who thinks he's bigger than he is because he writes for the Boston Globe and thinks that everyone wants to hear his opinion, so let's be controversial and set people off. And I get that the reaction I'm having right now is probably what the guy was going for, but let let me be fair. I don't ever want to read another column by this guy again, and if I ever do read a column from this guy again, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt because this column obviously leads me to believe that this jerk has no idea what he's talking about. He's an idiot. He doesn't know anything about the CFL. Keep your stupid opinions to yourself. Go back to write about Tom Brady or Bill Belichick or something that you think you know about and get lost. I don't want to hear him. He's an idiot. I've already probably spent too much time talking about him. I don't want to talk about him anymore. But I like your rant. Ignorant American reporter. Let's, you know, maybe watch more than one game before you make judgment on something. It's like watching a TV show, a new series that's starting. The first episode you watch it, oh, it wasn't very good. This sucks. And then it goes on to win like five Emmys or whatever. Yeah, great. Uh, Thanks for your opinion. Go away. Correct. William, can you jump on this one and keep going? No, I got nothing. You got nothing for this guy. I'm not even going to make a comment on it because it's stupid. Okay, I I try and filter stupid out of my life as much as I can, and this is just too stupid. When I saw that, I thought it was I thought it was fake news. I really did. It was. was I thought it was such a stupid comment. Okay, 
So, and I got nothing. I, I don't even want to go on. I'm good. Okay. Chris. Same as Will, really. I mean, to be honest with you, if he would have just stopped after the first bit and not added the fact that it's a boring game, it wouldn't have been a bad statement. I mean, he's not wrong that the CFL is its own little league and it, it exists in a it's a much slower scale professional league. And those comments all have valid points and it's, it's, it is what it is. It is the CFL. Uh, yeah. Then adding that back part just showed that, I mean, he actually had some intelligent comments before he made the really stupid ones. So I guess he just didn't know when to shut up because that was kind of silly, but, and it kind of takes away from the rest of the comment. But yeah, I mean, if you really look at the beginning of it, it, it actually has some validity to it. I mean, he, he shows some understanding there, but then I don't know, like I said, but I mean, if you base it all in one game, but I don't, you know, like, I mean, there's been defensive games, I guess that were that slow, but it doesn't mean there wasn't any downfield passing. It just means none of them, none of them got completed. <laughs> right. So yeah, I don't know what game you ever watched where you'd say there was no downfield passing. I mean, I've watched low-scoring games, but there was tons of passing, just none of them got completed. But, yeah, like, well, well he, stupid. This idiot, this idiot actually posted on his Twitter uh, the game summary from uh, the game he allegedly watched. Now, whether he actually – this was the game he watched – or it was just one he picked out of the blue. I don't know. But the game he watched, uh, he posted the summary, Zach Caleros was playing for Hamilton and passed for over 300 yards. But yet there's no downfield passing in the CFL. Yeah, I'm just stupid, right? Just stupid. No idea. And just his smugness about it just pisses me off because he thinks he's so much better than everyone else because he's a Boston Globe reporter. Who cares? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Move on from this Pots R Us, because I don't know what else to call a guy. He's a dick. CFL Board of Governors have approved all of the proposed rule changes for the upcoming season. Do we like the new rules, and what would we be most impactful well, I like uh, bringing back two coaches' challenges. you got to get yep. the first one right to carry on. But uh, I've seen too many things once the challenge is gone and you go, oh, my God, what the hell is it? Or you're holding on to the challenge because you never know what big thing is going to happen and you let some play go by that you would have challenged normally. You would have won it, but you didn't want to waste it until something really bad happened. So uh, I like this. gives them a little bit more... A little bit more happening there. Uh, let's go over here and find the rules. So, uh, Chris, did you take a look at the rules, changes, proposed rule changes, the new rule changes? A couple of them. I, I, I wouldn't say that I, I, I got heavy into them all. Um, there was the added challenge if you get the first one right. Um, there was the um, you can review head contact uh the sky in the sky can rule on uh, head contact now, um, which is great. Um, they gave more power to the command center. Yes, yes. I don't mind yes. that. Gave, no, I don't mind that at all. Because there's been lots of really obvious ones. And, again, until you've refed, you don't understand how hard it is to try and see everything out there. I mean, it's yeah, it's hard. I've refed. <laughs> it's, it's, you want to do a good job, but you miss things. You just do. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. You know, somebody's in the way or you're just not 
for a split second you're looking the wrong way and you cannot throw a flag on 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 a, on a you know when you turn around you see him falling you know you can't yeah. on subjection of of what you think might have happened you can't do that unless you've seen it so yeah no I, I i like that one i can't remember there was a couple other ones i'm missing but i can't remember the the one that stuck in my head was the the ruling the more command center having more power and being able to rule on on penalties um that they couldn't before um uh, but i can't remember a quarterback is, is there anything else i'm missing a slide oh right 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 they can they can sl- as long as they're giving up it doesn't matter yeah, how yeah. they slide whether it's yeah. that one's good, or that, not or yeah that one's going to be difficult, though, because there's going to be people that kind of try to go down too late. And, like, as a defensive player, I find that really hard to – the foot first slide made sense to me because it was – and I know some people were hurting themselves and couldn't do it right. But I don't know. If you're going sliding head first, I just, I, I just think it's going to put defensive players in a bad position to, to try and yeah. – lighten up well, or miss or if, if a quarterback is not above your waist if his head's not above your waist you shouldn't be hitting him you yeah know what I, I mean guess that's, it's, it's going to change the way the game's played like the other ones have right it's going to take a little bit for everybody to get used to it but the second the quarterback is going down in any format you're just going to have to let up Right, and that's yeah. going to be a change for a defensive player. But it's they're going to learn it, just like the defensive backs have learned not to do contact past five yards. Right, okay. it'll it'll still figure it out. So another one is the command centers to assist on-field officials with called and non-called roughing the passer kicks, penalties. Penalties. Okay. Yeah. Oh, roughing the kicker. The oh, roughing dive, the kicker penalties. They, right. And, now, if, if yeah, you remember, they, they had to challenge the that one when Ty Long faked it. And they yeah. got a roughing the passer kick, and then that, that had to be challenged. Well, that's no longer need. That's not a challengeable play sort of thing. That is just automatically going to be reviewed by the command center, and they're going to say, no, nope, he didn't get touched, or whatever else. So that you know, you're not going to lose a, a challenge flag on something like that. So that's a good rule. I like that one. Right? Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't and, have. And, to... and... Go ahead. Go ahead. You shouldn't well, lose your it, challenge it was... because somebody's being a dick. Right. Yeah. And with that one, they added the, they're going to call dives now, too. That's correct. That was, that was another one that they added. Yep. Which is good, too. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, the the <laughs> three or more wedge blockers in a kicking play is illegal. I don't understand that one at all. Um, they they clarified the definition of spearing. That was a good one. I like that. Yeah. Uh, spearing is now a 25-yard penalty by the command center. Okay, you can, the command center can upgrade a, a spearing penalty to 25 yards. To me, the only 25-yard penalty came with an expulsion, an ejection from the game. So now we've got 25-yard penalties that aren't ejections because if you get two of them in one game, then you're disqualified. Kicked or thrown football remains live after it, instead of being a dead ball when it hits the goalpost ribbon. I'm still confused as to what the goalpost ribbon is. A little flag at the top? I think there's a little flag at the top. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's weird. Very weird. All they're saying saying is the flag's not part of the field like the posts are. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Charles. I don't know. It must have happened this year or something. That's what I'm reading here. Removing the stipulation that allows the defender to contact the kicker's plant leg 
without penalty if the defender has touched the ball prior to contact. So normally if you, like, block the kick and then you hit the plant leg, you weren't called for roughing the kicker, but apparently now you will be. Well, which I'm not sure I like. If you get the ball, you're obviously going forward in that. But if you get the ball, I don't think you should be called for roughing the kicker. Counter argument, counter argument here, Charles. Does it put the kicker in any less risk because you miss the ball? No, that's true. Okay, that this rule is made to protect the kicker when he is it vulnerable. Is, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so just because you touch the ball means you're allowed to drill him. No, that's true. Okay, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just wanting you to look at another perspective on it. Yeah. If we're trying to protect the the kicker when he's most vulnerable, True. whether you touch but, the ball or not is should be irrelevant, and that's what this rule makes it. Mm-hmm. Not but saying I agree with the rule. That, yeah. But I, I you know, but, I'm just I'm looking yeah. at it from the perspective of why this rule was created, and it yeah. it, it makes but then sense. I'm also, yeah, then I get that, but. Then I'm also looking at it, well, if a player is, like, in midair trying to block a kick, and they actually block it, but on the follow-three, they they accidentally hit the guy's leg. Now, they're not intending to do it. I mean, they're not intending to do it at any time. But are you now going to have uh, teams more gun-shy about trying to block kicks, being afraid that, well, even if we block it, we're going to get penalized anyway? Yeah, well, if you miss miss the kick and you take out his leg, it's a penalty, so what's the difference, really? Yeah. You know, I mean, the odds of you actually blocking a kick are slim to nil, and they still try to do it. I mean, True. seriously, how many block kicks are there, right? I'm sure there's more well, roughing and- the kicker penalties than there are block kicks in, this, in a season. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole point, I guess, that you – I mean, what Christopher, what you're saying is, is that – Essentially, you need to pick a path that you can try to block it where you're not going to hit the kicker because you're more Correct. likely to miss it anyway. So you should be coming in from the side and going across his face, not directly at him. The only thing I would have a complaint with that is if you get up the middle untouched, and I've seen it happen, that you're on the kicker before he even really gets the kicking motion going, it's very hard not to hit him. <laughs> Cause you're yeah, yeah, but then his him. leg's not planted. True enough. If he's not in the kicking motion, yeah. That's true, yeah. Right. No, I hadn't thought no. about that, but you're right. If you go it's through the middle, plant, you're going to be on him before leg. he's ever kicking. Yeah, he won't and, be and planted. Then, that's right. And then he's fair game. Yeah. yeah. Hit him and the ball. Yeah, okay. no, I, 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 can see, I can see that change because I guess that's what they're doing is they're essentially saying you absolutely have to come in at an angle that when you're past the kicker, you're not hitting him, period. Well, it, they're not saying that. They're just saying that you have to get to him before he has, plants his leg. Yeah. If you're coming straight up. You've got to understand, if you're, if you're coming at him from an angle, the distance is longer. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But most of the blocks do come from the outside, uh, outside in, not down the I, middle, because usually you're smart I, enough I to block up the middle. Yeah. Usually. We are dealing usually. with football players. Okay. Um hmm. Another one, they're talking about uh, defensive players to deliver a forcible blow to the long snapper while the snapper's head is down, and he is in a vulnerable position and unable to protect himself. I don't have a problem with that. But the long snapper shouldn't have his head down. 
long snapper no, has not snapped the ball second. yet, his head should be up. But then, yeah, yeah but they're talking about after he snapped it. They're talking about yeah, after, after he yeah. snapped it. Like you, after he snapped he it, his head shouldn't be down. Why? Well, no, but for a split second it is, and if you put a nose tackle on him, you can hit him before it can get his head up. But it's, a, it's I, the same rule we have in we we have that in the in the amateur leagues too, and it's been there forever, and it's just a good rule. It just protects I, your center. Cause, I'm, cause I'm not arguing snapping, that. You have to look. Yeah. Arguing that it's a good but, rule when the snapper has to look back to where the ball's going. But these men are professionals. They sh- a long snapper should not have his head down when he touches the ball. I can understand him looking back to see where the kicker is. He knows where to judge it, but then he picks up his head, looks at his opponent, and ball. He shouldn't be snapping the ball with his head between his legs. If he is, he shouldn't be well, playing football. Well, it kind of happens when you do your follow-through, though. You, you kind of, yeah, watch it next time. Most of them do it. Their head will go down for a second as they let it go, so they kind of are watched, looking it in. Because it's a long distance. It's not like a normal shotgun. It's you're whipping that thing 15 yards. So right, but that's watch the them. Their only head job they have. That's the only job they have. Yeah, but it's natural to drop your head a little bit once you fired it through your legs because you're you, you. It's like a follow through almost. I, I, it's hard to describe, but I don't think you could possibly physically just keep your head up and and do it. You'd be really hard to hit the target every time. It's kind of a the technique is is involves you putting your head down and looking as you're firing. It's, it's kind of like you use your whole upper body to fire at that distance, and then you're immediately coming back up. But you do look down for a split second, and you could potentially do damage to somebody if you're trying to hurt them on purpose. I mean, it's not well, probably you, a, a rule that needs to be still done a, a lot. The defender's but, a yard away. He should have his head yeah, back up. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I agree. I, I agree. My question is, are players going to try to exploit this by keeping their head down a couple extra seconds and try and draw a penalty that way. Of course they are. Nah. Of course they are. They just won't. They just won't put pressure on the center. That's all. Well, you you've been very you quiet through all of this. What do you got to say? Yes, I. I'm just listening to you guys. I agree with all the rules. All the rules are great. I like the. Any, I like the two. No, uh, no not at all. Not I don't like the wedge blockers. Well, I don't know what the what the point of that is, so I'd have to get clarification on that one. And you know, I mean, kickers and their plant leg getting hurt. Are they real football players, anyways? Um, uh, so yeah, no, I agree with all the rules. I mean, i i like the I like the review rules because. It was obvious last year that sometimes the referee cannot see what's going on, and it's nice that he has uh, help up in the box as long as they get it right. Okay, so I but I yeah. don't want to I don't want to see an official make a call because he thinks he knows what happened. Right, right. I would rather have the official yeah, he, defer to the command center and say, "Hey, yo." Uh, I really didn't see what happened, what what went down, and is that a penalty? Oh, shit. Okay, there's the flag. Absolutely. I agree, 100%. Um, yeah, so it's rules. I'm good with them. And, hey, 
as long as they don't turn it into the NFL and their rules where the quarterback can't be touched and all that other crap, I'm, I'm good with the rules they've made. Okay. They, they've watched I mean, the games this year, found the mistakes, and made some rule changes. Football is a Pretty team simple. sport. You have players, yeah. you have coaches. Officiating yeah. should and be teachers. a team sport with on-field officials and coaches upstairs. Same thing. Uh-huh. They should be able to converse back and forth. I agree. And I think they've made it that way. And hopefully that the rule changes with the command center doing their job properly up top in the spotters booth, the coaches won't have the need to throw challenges. Wouldn't that be a novel? As much. Yeah. <laughs> As much. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. And isn't, and isn't it? And is it a nice thing when you when you win one rule challenge, you get another one? Is it a nice thing that if that if the referee call screws up the call and it's blatant, then you have to use one of your challenges on something that's useless but is blatant, and then you still have another one after that? So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Well, you're not going to save it. Right. Hoping there's something worse happens, and, and that's kind of the concept of insurance, right? You're betting money something bad is going to happen. I hate insurance. Yeah. Okay. There was one other rule what, uh, change that I. What? what? What was that wedge rule again? Did you okay, again? the wedge rule is that they are. Do, 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 do. It. Less than you can't have more than three guys in the wedge. No, you can't have three or more wedge blockers on or, a kicking play. There you go. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I. That's a good one. Why? Yeah. No. I. Why? Well, because what happen? Well, what happens is is on the on the kickoffs, right? You watch the the first four, three or four blockers that are in front of the person that receives the ball. The wedge is just a very standard. Uh, return uh, play, and essentially yeah. what they'll do is they'll join they'll join hands and they'll create a wedge that the runner can run behind, and they try to wedge through the downfield pl- the field players coming downfield. So that this and, is now uh, illegal. Why? Why do you like that well, rule? Well, it just well because it 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 well it allows people to. I don't ever. I never agreed with people locking hands like that or arms like that. Like a, a true wedge is when you're actually connected to the player beside you and you're actually creating a wedge. Yeah, I understand. Because if it's just guys, guys next to each other, it's just blocking, right? But uh, well, because it's 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 dangerous. You're you're intertwining yourself and you're locking up with people and you're you've got people running full speed down at it and it's kind of like Red Rover. Red Rover come over kind of game, you know, and I, I just, I just, it's just a silly thing. I think that it, you can create a wedge without doing that, linking your players together, and then it becomes like a, a whip line, right? And yeah, I just, I, I don't disagree with it. I mean, I, I just think that the wedge was a silly thing, and it was something that, I mean, you know, you always, you usually, most of the time, you try to pick a side to block to, right? If you design it to go left or right, and a wedge is kind of a way to go up the middle. And, uh, okay. Yeah. What's more exciting, tackling the the, the run, runner or watching a awesome run back? What's more exciting? Yeah, but run have back. you ever really seen the wedge work a lot? Most of the time, they go out outside and get out, out by going around people that have committed too far into one side. There's not a lot of successful wedges because it just okay. becomes a big pile of players. 
right? Like the only way the wedge works is if you actually get the players to, to, to hit the blocks and then to open the hole up and let go and open a hole up from the run through. And it doesn't happen very often. Usually it's just a big pile of players and the runner runs into the back of them. That's why you don't see a lot of up the middle returns. They usually go left or right. So I don't know why they made the rule to be honest with you, because I, I don't see it as being a real problem. I didn't, I don't remember seeing a lot of wedge callbacks anyway. I don't think anybody really runs the wedge a ton. So I don't recall seeing it too much. Somebody, somebody brought it up in the league rules, but I don't know why they would have. It must have happened at one point something bad happened or something. I don't know. But, yeah. I don't know. Okay. There's the rules. Let's move on. Where are we on to now? We have – Why? John Manziel says that he has closed the book on the CFL, but didn't the league already close the book on him? And will you please just go away? I Yeah, I just don't know why we're still bringing this man into the news. So I've got nothing to say on Manziel. He, he's, he's, he's trying to save face. He's trying to make it look like he walked away from the CFL to go to the AAF. And, uh, we all know that's not what happened. He got kicked out for violating his contract, and uh, I don't give a shit. You either want to be in the CFL or you don't, and he never wanted to be in the CFL. He came up here for the sole purpose of trying to get in the NFL, and I don't have a problem with that. But when you're up here, you're part of the team, and he never played part of the team. And so, Johnny Manziel, fuck off. Anybody want to add anything? You know, I was listening to uh, David Sanchez today, and uh, he had lots to say about Johnny Manziel. And and the funniest thing is, is Johnny Manziel has been quoted as saying, the best time he's had in football since his college days were with uh, the AAF team. Okay, or AFL. He was there team. for two days. He got three he weeks. Week. Actually, he was there what? for three weeks. He was there for three weeks, and uh, David Sanchez countered that with, "Yeah, because he was only there for three weeks. He would have wore out his welcome after six weeks." Um, and and David Sanchez also said that he had lots of contacts in the Montreal locker room. And Johnny Manziel was not putting the work in. He wasn't putting the effort in. And he should just go away forever. And I think his football career is over. So, and I, I, could, I could care less if we ever hear his name again. It did get us some American fans, but, I mean, are those the kind of fans we want that, this guy hasn't done anything for how many years now, and people are still watching him. I guess he's that dynamic, but he's a bit of a he's a bit of a dork. So, yeah, but those do? those CFL fans, those American Pete uh, fans down there that came up and watched the CFL because of Johnny Manziel, and you're saying, well, maybe we don't want them because they're following an idiot. But if they all of a sudden watch the CFL and go, holy shit, this is exciting! I Manziel's a putz. But damn, that was an exciting yep. game. And then we've got now got CFL yep. fans. I I don't think that Manziel's time in the CFL 
was a waste. You don't? No. I think him coming to Canada was a good thing. I think him leaving Canada is a good thing. And, even better. Uh, even better thing. But uh, we'll accept one way or the other. We either gain some fans out of this or we gain some temporary fans and they're gone. Okay? Either way, it's a discussion happened down in the CFL, in, in America about the CFL. And regardless of how much shit you throw at the wall, some of it's going to stick. So we're going to keep some CFL fan, uh, fans from America because of this. So how could it have been a bad thing? I don't see it being a bad yes, thing. And, and my favorite is the thing that will stick in CFL record books for now and all of eternity, five touchdown passes, seven interceptions. Okay. All right. Up. And, and he also zero wins. that he had, that he had trouble with the 12th. He had trouble with the 12th man, and he was quite upset at June Jones because June Jones, he thought he was going to be running June Jones, run and shoot offense, and, and it wasn't the same. So just blah, 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 go away. Poor never him, come who back. cares? So. Cry, baby. I'm done. I move on. Chris, you got anything to add to your favorite player? No. <laughs> ditto okay. to everybody's statements. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> okay. The Ottawa Red Blacks say they are going to take their time to find a new offensive coordinator with about a month before training camps. Do they have a lot of time to waste? That depends on who they get as an offensive coordinator. If they get somebody who is an assistant offensive coordinator somewhere, if they get themselves somebody within their organization moving up, uh, if but you go get a uh, NCAA offensive coordinator or head coach or somebody down there, they're making too much money anyhow, uh, to come up here to be your offensive coordinator, they got to learn a new game. We saw uh, Mike Sherman and June Jones kind of sputter when they first came up, right? I mean, June Jones actually did a pretty good job. But how many coaches just can come in and, and be dropped into the limelight and succeed when they've never – when the games are so different? I mean, let's face it. The NCAA game is different than the NFL game, and the, and it's different from the – all three of them are different games. So – if they're going to take their time finding their candidate to be an offensive coordinator, they already have the offensive coordinator. They already know who it is. They're already trying to get them into position and teach them the ropes. So he doesn't look like a putz. My take on this situation, because otherwise I'd be panicking. I would be panicking right now without an OC. No kidding. With four weeks before training camp starts. What's Rick Campbell going to call plays? My God. Okay, Charles, go. Well, do the um, Red Blacks even know who their starting quarterback is going to be? Because literally, um, that's the... That's something you would think that the offensive coordinator would ha- want to have uh, some input in. And when you don't know who the um, 
offensive coordinator is going to be, you don't, you don't know have who the quarterback a is. Of, yeah, I mean, like I said, we're like a month from training camp or just around a month. Uh, and this person, whoever gets brought in, has got to be brought up to speed, brought, learn about the personnel and stuff like that. What do you mean you're going to take your time? Uh, you don't have time to take. you got to get this thing. This is why teams name their um, coaching, coaching staff. Uh, staff in January. And I know that they um, really um, – I know that um, they got put into a bad situation with Jamie Elizondo leaving. I get that. But their I'm own sorry, fault. you've got to – that's your fault. And uh, you got to get this. You can, you don't take time when it, you're at the uh, almost the middle of April. You don't have time to wait. You got to get this taken care of now uh, before you um, get to the training camp and your offensive coordinator and your um, um, quarterbacks and so on don't know what they're doing. So I'm guessing they might want to get on this pretty quickly. Okay. I'm kind of wishing that Mark was here tonight, but I'm going to lean on Will for your expertise here for a second. Uh, you're familiar with Dominic Davis, quarterback? Yes, yes. You're familiar with Jonathan Jennings? Yes. Are their styles the same? Um, I think Jonathan Jennings is more athletic, athletic than Dominic Davis. Just for what I've seen, but understand, of course, we've seen a lot more Jonathan Jennings than we have Dominic Davis, right? We have, but isn't Dom there's, Davis there's more of a scrambling quarterback? Uh, no, I don't think he is. I, you know, and from what I've seen when he was in Winnipeg, wasn't very good. I mean, I did see him a little bit in preseason in Calgary, and I thought he was more of a passing quarterback. But I think Jonathan Jennings is better athlete, period. So, so, but I still don't think they have good quarterbacks. So, no, I don't think they have good quarterbacks either. But that's not the point. The point is, is if whoever's coming in here has two different quarterbacks running two different that are two different talent sets, and you have to build an offense around one of them to go into week one of the yep. CFL season, and you don't even know which one it's going to be yet, you have to have two offenses built right now. Well, but, and the most ironic thing is, what is the most ironic thing? The Ottawa Rough or Ottawa Red Blacks would not let Jamie Elizondo apply for the Saskatchewan job because it was too late. And now they're saying, they're going to wait because they have time. Does that make any sense? Zero. Uh-huh. So I, I, I do believe that Jennings and Dominic Davis are similar quarterbacks. Okay. So, um, so I don't think that's an issue. And a lot of times, and I, and I think sometimes that's why backup quarterbacks don't do as well is because the, the, Offense is geared for the starter, okay? But, as you said, we don't know who the starter is. But maybe they've already decided in their mind who the starter is going to be. 
But that's the OC's job. Mm-hmm. And they don't have one. So maybe what you're Rich Campbell is, is just maybe Rich Campbell. Jamie Alzondo left his notes behind. Maybe. Here's my note. This is who I think you should take. I don't think he was very happy with them. I think he would have shredded his notes. I still believe they're going to hire from within. Hysterically. I still think they they're going to hire from within. Because if they don't and they hire somebody from outside, and as I've said before, when they fire him after game six because their offense is horrible – they can't do that to a newcomer, you know what I mean? I guess they can, but it doesn't look very good. So they got to hire from within so they can fire him later on. Okay. So the next segment here is a little scary, but let's see what happens. The CFL is moving forward with their plans for their first ever European draft, which actually happened today. With tra- training camp fast approaching and no CBA, is this really the best use of the league's time? Well, I don't really think it took no. too much time, but it was more it, – it, it is a tension, and it's, it's kind of one of those political things, right? When you, you make, something makes the news, it's because something else really bad is happening somewhere else, and you don't want it in the news. So you have to throw out these things to, to, to make things awesome. And that's kind of what the CFL did with this one at this point in time. Anyhow, so we had the first ever European draft today. I'm not going to try to pronounce these guys' names because it ain't going to happen. Uh, not from me. Uh, in the first, number one pick was the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They picked a defensive lineman from Le Mans, France. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers took a linebacker from Flensburg, Germany. Alouettes took a running back from Kane, France. Edmonton Eskimos took a linebacker. I can't even pronounce the town. I want to say Troyes, but that's stupid. That's not how it's going to be pronounced in French. But anyhow, from France. Uh, Toronto Argonauts took a defensive lineman from Manham, Germany. Saskatchewan Roughriders took a wide receiver from Berlin. We know that, Germany. BC Lions took a wide receiver from Le Mans, France. Uh, so two from the same team. Uh, Red Blacks took a wide receiver from Rome in Italy. And the Calgary Stampeders took a linebacker from Finland. So the breakdown came out this way. There was four from France, three from Germany, one each from Italy and France. Positional breakdowns, three receivers, three linebackers, two defensive linemen, and one running back. Those are notoriously Canadian positions. Mm, true. How they do? Does anybody believe that any one of these guys is going to break the starting lineup of the football team? I have my doubts whether any of these guys will even make a roster, let alone break the starting lineup. Okay, so you're, you're thinking their practice roster material at best? They're training camp fodder. And and it's just to get the CFL on the screen in Europe. Will that be successful if just training camps aren't, aren't televised? Yeah. That each, each 
one of these cities here is going to have their reporter at training camp to watch their player doing well. Um, what, what out of all of this is glaringly wrong? Anybody? Chris, Will, Charles? What do you see here that's absolutely wrong? I'm not sure. Not one Mexican. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. <sighs> not did, one. Didn't Mexican they do the Mexican draft? They did the Mexican draft separate though. They did it right after that combine. Yeah, they did mm-hmm. it right after the combine because the number one pick went to Edmonton. He was a receiver or something. That's right. This is just Europe. This is just Europe. Okay. So then I'm wrong on this one. Yeah, no, they, the Mexicans were already drafted uh, after the combine. They treated it totally separate. This is just the Europe guys that came over to our combine. Oh, you're, you're right. Um, I'm, I'm completely off base on this one. This was back uh, January 14th. We had a Mexican draft. They actually went three rounds. Yep. So each team has four yep. players that never played college football. Yeah, three Mexicans and a European. Wow. You know what? What what is kind of cool is that nobody tried to trade their draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, I'm going to trade my European draft pick for uh, such and such free agent. Yeah, that would And the amazing cool. thing okay. is the amazing thing is there wasn't one kicker picked in that whole bunch. <laughs> um, that's not true. Oh, oh okay. in it I don't I don't um, know who they picked. Four kickers got picked in the Mexican draft. Of course, yeah. cuz they play soccer. Surprise, so surprise. do the French, so do the Germans, so do the Italians. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. But, you know, there's not, and, and, and the nice thing about this is you can always say maybe they've drafted some athletes and they're going to develop them, okay, which is no different than they do with some Canadian players. So there, there, there has to be some incentive from the league to do that that we don't yep. know about. Yep. It's called exposure in other countries. Yeah. So that there has to be some leniency somewhere. This is going to come out in the CBA coming up. And this is one of the things that the league wants. And this is going to be a bargaining chip for the CFLPA. This is their best leverage right now, is these international players. Yeah, actually, you're right. I didn't think of it that way, but you're right. It is. The the league wants them. The PA wants nothing to do with them. No. For the PA to accept this, the league is going to have to give something else up somewhere else. Yeah, maybe. Like raising salary. I wouldn't salary be surprised. Cap. Yeah, yeah. Well, the salary cap's going up no matter what. But what I wouldn't be surprised is if you see that then follow through with the seventy thousand new minimum. 
because it was already talked about and it was already going to be done, and now not the AAF isn't there anymore. They don't have to, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was the, the bargaining chip, was be to follow through with that uh, increasing, increasing the minimum to 70. And that's putting the salary cap up. We're at, what, 1.5 or 5.2 right now? 5 point, yeah, something like that. Five point two million per year, and with with a three hundred thousand dollar increase for marquee players or something like that, because we see that happening, and a seventy thousand uh, dollar minimum, that's going to put up the cap another three or four hundred thousand dollars. We're looking at this cap jumping to six and a half million. Yeah, it's possible. It, 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 I don't see it not. I said a long time ago that the cap is going up between $1.2 and $1.5 million. Or yeah. it doesn't, but we get an exception to the cap with a marquee player, which then means the cap's going up by $1.2 or $1.5 million. I personally wouldn't make an exception to the cap because then you're going to get a team like Saskatchewan who has a bucket full of money to go off and pay a million and a half and get some rocket star from the NFL. You have to watch that, and that's why we have a salary cap, is to protect teams from themselves. So as soon as you give an exemption to the salary cap, you're going to have one team or another uh, abusing it. So you're better off just to raise the cap and let the teams decide where they spend it. Just my take on that. Mm -hmm. Anything further to discuss about this European draft? No, just I, I got I got a I got a I got a brand new player to cheer for in camp now with the Calgary Stampeders. That's all. Go Finns. <laughs> are you are you Finnish? Scandinavian? Yeah, I'm Finnish. Yeah, okay. I'm Finnish. Yeah, I know you're Finnish. You're not playing it. Football anymore. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Bad joke. Mm. Okay. Uh, I've heard them all. Yeah, probably. The last item on our agenda, so we're going to have to go find something else to talk about because this isn't going to take very long. Charlton Hughes has pled guilty to a care and control charge in Calgary. Now that he has pled guilty, does he deserve any supplemental discipline from the league or a team? No. Why? Why? Because he he already missed he already missed the game after you, it happened. You, yes. You cannot penalize somebody for something. First off, it's double jeopardy. And we all know what that word is. It means that you can't be charged with the crime twice. Okay. So he's already missed the game because he was a bad boy. And that was because, you know, he break the code of conduct. You get, you, you get suspended for a game. And that was the uh, Calgary Stampeders doing that. That wasn't the league. Am I correct? Saskatchewan. 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 Sorry. Saskatchewan. So why does it say in Calgary? 
That's oh, where it actually Tra- happened. With that's where it happened. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. Charleston Hughes is now a sketch and rough rider. No, it didn't. It didn't happen in Calgary. Okay, so why it is Calgary in this? Guess what? I don't know. Somebody made a boo boo. Just go see the article and um, see what happens. Where did this take place? Saskatchewan Rough Riders Charlton Hughes offered an apology. Da 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 da. da. He was oh, he was tough. passed out on the ring road outside of Regina. He was asleep in front of the in front of the wheel. So. Oh, uh, you know what? It's my screw up because it's a Calgary Sun article. I made a mistake. I wrote oh, okay. that typo on my part. Okay. Phew. I was trying to figure this one out. I was confused. Okay, so he pay, he played. He was suspended. Now, that was by the Stampeders. I mean, sorry, the Rough Riders. That wasn't a league suspension. That was the Rough Riders. That was Chris Jones saying you're sitting for a game. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Um so he's lost a day's pay. To to punish him a second time is ridiculous. So Saskatchewan doesn't do that. They they can't do that. It's just wrong. And uh, the league, how does this affect the league in any way? No, I'm I'm sorry. He gets no more punishment. He's whatever his his punishment is in Saskatchewan. It's a thousand dollar fine and one year driving pro prohibition. Is that what he said? Who has no previous records received a minimum sentence that existed at the time of his arrest? Thousand dollar fine, and one year probation from or prohibition from driving. Is that acceptable? That's a yep. pretty big penalty. It's the standard for a first time offense. Okay, so I don't have a problem with that. Pen- penalize him more? Why? No. Uh-uh. I, I mean, he didn't try to hide it. He didn't try to say it wasn't him. He didn't try to do anything else. I mean, he didn't disrespect the league. He didn't disrespect the team. He didn't disrespect everything. He owned up to it and said, I screwed up. How, how do you take a man to task for that? Put yourself in his shoes. I'm okay with it. Chris, what should happen to him? Yeah, no, I mean, he owned up. He pled guilty. He didn't try to fight it. And he's already received his punishment. I mean, he got what the, anybody in the non-public eye would have gotten. He got the, he's going to have to serve that. And he did lose the game already. So it's a done deal. Let it go. He messed up. We all mess up occasionally. He messed up because he sat behind the wheel. If he was in the passenger seat, nothing would have happened to him. Move your mm-hmm. ass over. Uh, that's a little bit of stickiness, though, because they, they, they can still charge you. If they if you have access to the keys and you're in the vehicle, the, no matter where you are in the vehicle and you're drunk, they can still charge you because you have access to it. That's it's weird. why I, yeah. you never keep the keys in the ignition. Always mm-hmm. take the keys out. Because it's gotten so bad. Like, I, I actually saw it in, I think it was in Red Deer at the time, but somebody wanted to go pass out in their car in the parking lot of the bar 
when I was working security, and he wanted us to keep his keys. And I said, well, we can't. We're all going home. I said, just go throw it in. Uh, go, go throw them on the hill there by that tree. Go, go to sleep in your car. And then when you wake up, go get them again. Nobody's going to steal them. They're just keys, right? And then if the cops get you in the car, then you don't have the keys. And they're nowhere around you. So that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm okay with the whole situation. William? Yeah, I'm good with it. He 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 owned up to what he did, and he paid his fine, and he's gonna be suspended for a year. So hey, go for it. You're, you're good. It's what would happen to the public. Actually, I I think uh, I think he might have got a more severe penalty than some people that wouldn't be in the public eye. Because I uh, I have a I have a buddy who it happened to about two years ago. And he bargained with the crown, crown prosecutor, and and all he had to do was the time Community he didn't service. have his license. Well, time he didn't have his license, which was four months before his court date, and then he uh, gave uh, he had to give uh, a charity of his choice a thousand bucks or something like that. And I don't think you could have done that with Charleston Hughes because people wanted to know what happened, and so he got the he got the first he got the first time offenders. It's a standard thing, a year suspension and, and a fine. So yeah, and I'm good with that. Everybody makes mistakes. Yep, I'm okay with it. You know, I I, I honestly. I would much rather have him sleeping in the car than driving the car. Absolutely. Right? Just personal opinion? It's much better to uh, have him sitting there sleeping. And, uh-huh. uh, for, and, and you know, for how big of uh, a deal football is in Regina... I'm surprised that he was charged. Hey, Charlton Hughes, you're not supposed to be doing this. Okay, here, let's take these keys and put them in your trunk. Okay, you didn't have access to the keys. Okay, yeah. You know what? I'll give you a ride home. That's what should yeah, happen. Yeah, but what the problem is is a couple of citizens found him like that, and they called the cops. So, so Obviously not rider fans. There are, might be a few of those out there. Okay. I didn't think there was. And what are the odds that there you might, would be to a town be. where there is 0.1% of the population is not a Ryder fan, and those are the two assholes that find you? Maybe. Scary. Yeah, Scary thing. He, he did his thing, so, you know, get over it, move on. It is what it is. Yeah. Okay, we got. And we uh, know, we know for sure he's not going to be caught for another year drinking and driving, right? Well, it doesn't mean he's not going to get caught driving. Well, I think he'd be smarter than that. He's and in reality, he's a, he's a lineman. He's, 
Football is so popular in Saskatchewan, he could ask anybody to give him a ride, and they'd give it to him. You know what I mean? We already said that. Seriously. Yeah. My, I'm Charlton Hughes. I'm a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. I need to ride home. And shit, the women would be falling all over themselves. The men, too. Anyways. Of course. Okay, 15 minutes left to show. Pick a topic, Chris. What do you want to talk about? I don't know if anyone oh. heard, you, you cut out there. I did? Oh, I'm sorry. Chris, yeah. what would you like to talk about? You pick a topic. Do you have one? Hmm. It, it, Not it's kind of a, off the top of my slow head. news week is what it is here. It was. That's why the Johnny Manziel thing, I didn't want to put that in, but it was a slower news week, so I'm like, okay. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything. What was the last signings that have happened? Wasn't didn't Somebody just gets signed. Didn't Toronto or Hamilton just sign a linebacker and a couple other people? But the linebacker was somebody that was no one. Yes. Fowler or? I had it up a little while ago. I found it on the CFL site, and it was uh, uh, Ticats also extended Dane Evans, the quarterback, through 2021. He's the backup to Mazzoli. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, uh, Terrence Plummer. Plummer, that was it. Plummer, linebacker. Terrence did, did Plummer. He, did he did he leave the league and come back, or is he a re-sign for Toronto, or what? I recognize the name. It just didn't ring a bell, it, and I, just, I only got Hamilton. to see the article a bit. Or Hamilton, sorry, but he was with Toronto. He was. Yeah, he's 25 years old. He made 20 appearances and eight starts over the last two seasons with the Argos. 36. Seven special team tackles. Nothing special. Nothing special about this guy. But he was a free agent then. He was a free agent. Uh, he played three games to, with the Washington Redskins, recording one tackle and uh, spending uh, uh, the rest of the season on the Minnesota practice roster. No, okay. Vikings had him for a while. So, you know, no big deal. University of Central Florida – not even a Division One team. Uh, Actually, I okay, think they, they are. They are Central Florida. I think so. Yeah, okay, I believe my, so. US, my, my UCF, bad. I believe they are. Okay, they also got a guy by the name of Jared Harper, who uh, played one preseason game with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, mm. Doesn't even have what position he is here. Oh, defensive back. And then okay. Darius uh, Allensworth. Uh, still uh, playing. And uh, Trey Dempsey, who played uh, 59 games with the North Dakota State University. Huh. So, so training camp, so then my, Potter. Enjoy your time in training camp, guys. Yeah. So then, okay, so who is the – here's the one then. Who is 
the person that we're the most surprised isn't signed yet that's still a free agent? How about that? Because we're really getting down to the crunch, and there's still a lot of freaking not bad players that are available. Some have retired, but there's still some pretty decent free agents kicking around. There's got to be a couple that are surprised they aren't signed. Kevin Glenn. Yeah, there's a good Kevin one. Kevin Glenn, but, but he announced he was going to play the waiting game and see if somebody got hurt because he wants to start. So I understand that one. He's been pretty open about what he's doing. He was just going to wait till he had a better opportunity to start somewhere for injuries yeah, or whatever. I'm, I'm looking for the uh, free agents tracker on the CFL yeah, website. So it's I. been taken down. It's been taken down already, eh? No, it's under headline. It's under news. Oh, okay. Because uh, oh, this is this I Ernest like Jackson. One, Ernst Jackson is a bit Bowman. of a yeah. Ernest Jackson, no, that's a good one. John Bowman. Because, I mean, the AF, John, John Bowman, yeah, that's another no, good one. Too. No, John Bowman was around. resigned. He, he was resigned. Yeah, he oh, was okay. resigned. Because well, Western Dress was available, but I mean, let's, let's face it, I mean, the guy's, you know, I mean, it's time to retire. But, um, well, it's like, like Chip Cox. Yeah, I mean, it's just time to, to let her go. Uh, Napper, um Gabe, uh, what was the Montreal's re-signed? Uh, N- Napton has Gabe. just got, got got signed. Signed by Montreal, Napton. yeah. I was really surprised he was still available as long as he was. Um, I mean, obviously there's the couple that went to the AFA, like uh, Evans and Wynn, and uh, there was two others I can't remember. But those don't really count yet because they're just getting back into the game, right, because they were at another league. Uh, Olafari retired, husband retired. How about Jeff Knox Jr.? There you go. Yeah, I knew there was one or surprising. two big ones. Yeah, yeah, that one's surprising. Trayvon Van, yeah. running back. Yeah. Mark Hay McDaniel. Nah, he's done. Yeah, again, time to retire. Yeah, did, no, that one's a time to retire. Didn't Liam Ira Lahu get signed? He's he's in Hamilton, right? Yeah, yeah. signed in Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton. he signed. Yeah, he signed. Yeah. Knox Jr. is a surprising one, though. I'm not sure. He must be trying to go to the States or something for him to be still on the market. How about Terrence Tolliver? Yeah, he's got to be started trying to do the States, too, then, if he hasn't been signed. Anyone's got to anybody not Well, it's time for him to retire. I mean, it's just he's yeah. too beat up. He's pretty How much done. How about Tristan Ogopogo? Okalugu, <laughs> he's expensive Okoko. though. He wants too much money. Yeah, Okalugu, yeah. he wants too much money though. I, I can see why he's he, he didn't have a great year last year, and he wants too much money. Josea uh, uh, St. John, number one draft pick by the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, was he? Riders. And yep. then he was yep. a holdout. He big negotiations and wanted one hundred and twenty thousand dollars starting salary and. Chris Jones told him to pound sand, and he was a, a holdout for training camp. And then he started playing football, and he, he was a big fizzle. Yeah, he's never been a starter, a full-time starter. No, I would like to see. I would like to see him go to another team that had a better O line system or a coach, and see if he could be something. But he probably wants too much money for that. Like it's going to be a gamble for the team to do it, right? Mm-hmm. 
But I wouldn't mind seeing him get in a different coach. Because let's be honest, I mean, the Saskatchewan's kind of a dead land for old linemen, and that's guys that are good that come and suck there. I mean, this kid was coming out of university trying to do it, right? Like, if he had a real coach, maybe he could do something. I mean, he had lots of pomp going into the draft. I mean, it doesn't mean he's going to make it. Lots of people do fail. But it's kind of too bad to write him off just because the Saskatchewan messed him up. Yeah, no, I agree. How about Bakari Grant? Mm-hmm. He's another one that's going to be one of those ones that he should probably retire. But if they don't retire, then they can actually just wait and see if someone gets hurt and gets onto a team. Here's one that kind of surprises me because he had, I thought, a pretty decent year last year. Otha Foster. Yes. Yeah, that was another one I was thinking of. Otha Foster. I am really surprised too, that DC didn't re-sign him. I am too. And maybe it's a money thing. Yeah. Maybe it's got to be. It's those guys that have to be. Has to be them holding out for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, they got maybe they're waiting for the CBA. How about? Is it Yell signed still? No, Ronnie Yell. No, he no. signed. Oh, he's in he Toronto, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, th- I think he played last year in Toronto, and he re-signed in Toronto. Yeah, I believe he okay. did. Let me just look up, see if I can find the... Ronnie Yell, re- uh, no, he said it says he's a free agent. There you go. I didn't think he signed anywhere. Oh, yeah, look at that. Ronnie Yell. Hmm. I wouldn't good, mind seeing him good. back in B.C. Yeah. I always like Ronnie Yell. Yeah, fortunately, uh, our defense—we got a new defensive coordinator, and that's a good thing. I don't know if who we got as a defensive coordinator is a good thing, but hey, what the hell? Okay. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I'm, ap- I'm, I'm. I'm. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go talk. I'm, I was going to babble about something stupid. I we could talk I'm about. Surprised go ahead. Those names are. I'm just surprised those names are still available. I really am. I just. I. Mm-hmm. It was a weird free agency this this year, and it's just amazing how many people are still out there. Even you know maybe not all great starters or whatever, but even yeah, just lots of players just didn't find a home. Weird. Yeah. What was there like 320 or 380 free agents? I mean, shit. There's got to be players that fall through the cracks. It just happens. Yeah, you think it happens. If I had any kind of name, though, I'd be bugging my agent to be finding me a team. <laughs> I think it's got to be by choice, right? It's got to be they weren't willing to play for a certain amount of money. you got to figure that's what it is. Weird. You know, well, what were you going? I was going to say, one of the things we could talk about is, okay, you hear about these guys, all these free agents. Some guys are probably holding out for money because they want to play for a certain amount of money. And now you got a guy like John Ryan who went to Saskatchewan's free agent camp and he's going to Toronto's yep. free agent camp. This guy has a Super Bowl. He was a kicker in the NFL for 10 years, and he's still – willing to do whatever it takes to make a team. Now there's a humble guy. No but kidding. he also believes but he also believes he can play at least forty seven. So he's only thirty seven, so 
And for a kicker in dog years, that's not very old. You know what I mean? No, so man. That's pretty Paul impressive. McCallum, Paul McCallum's thinking about coming back if BC can't find a kicker. Yeah, I heard that once before, too. <laughs> I think, what, what, what is he, 52 or something now? <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's pretty cool because I think John Ride can help a team. He was a great kicker. Yeah, I agree. So, I still think he's got some playing days left in him. I mean, so, he's a let, kicker. I mean, come on. All you got to do is keep your goal swing good, and, and it's the same thing, right? Yeah, and he, he, but you got to watch the plant leg now. You know, yep, right. You watch, totally different. Okay, so uh, going back to uh, CFL being born football, what did you guys think of the BC Lions comeback to uh, this putts in uh, the Boston Globe? I loved it. Pretty damn, pretty damn awesome. Boring, eh? Yeah, right. Did you see it, Chris? No, actually, I I heard that they'd done a response, but I never got I never got the time to track down what the response was. No. No. Okay, let's do this really quickly then. Because I can do that. Boom. It's in our podcast uh, chat. Yep. I just put it there. Okay. So so the Lions put out a video, and it just said, boring? Really? And then showed a whole pile of video clips of quarterbacks going long. And it was every team. They even got John Gott drinking the, the beer. Yep. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it wouldn't be hard to make a friggin' highlight reel of uh, long bombs. No, no, God, no, you know? I mean, it's always the opposite, too. I've heard a lot of Americans say where that the CFL is too pass-happy. I've never <coughs> heard anyone say there's not a lot enough passing in the CFL. Yeah. So I don't know what this guy's deal was, because I thought he sounded like a jackass. No, we agreed on that. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's not like it's hard to find a whole bunch. And actually, back to your uh, your uh, Jonathan Jennings difference with uh, Dom Davis, um, I, I don't totally agree with Will. I, 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 I remember Dom Davis being more like, uh, reminded me a lot of like Matt Nichols, like a very ball control, short pass role kind of guy. And uh, Jonathan Jennings is just a total maverick, right? I mean, he just goes out there. He's a gunslinger. He just whips it downfield. So I think there is kind of a subtle difference, or there is a difference between the two. Definitely Dom is not a huck-it-down-the-field kind of a quarterback at all. I, I really think he's a manager like Matt. Matt. He really reminds me of Matt Nichols a bit, just not as experienced. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say talented, but not as experienced is a better word. <laughs> yeah. No. So, yes. Yeah. No. Nobody's ever accused Matt Nichols of having talent. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. we got a minute left in the show. It's time for me to wrap it up. This has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 316. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. And, I, hey, we talk football. Even on a boring week, we can talk football. I probably think Will could have kept going for another couple hours and with, by himself. Uh, but, anyhow, let's, uh, let's say goodnight, go around the table here. Chris, go at it. Good night, everybody. Uh, always great talking football with you all, and uh, we'll see you next or talk to you next week. And Charles. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Um, 
And we will uh, talk to you next week. And if you're not on our Facebook page, what are you waiting for? Join up. Let's talk CFL. Let's do it. William, say goodnight to the people. Good night, everybody. I hope football comes back soon because I've been sitting through this whole podcast watching the Calgary Flames. I must be desperate, okay? So go Owls. Okay. Go Owls. Good, go Owls. Good night, everyone. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.